Welcome to Antimatter Pod mini episode, in which Annika and Liz have a brief discussion about a single aspect of the Star Trek Picard episode, Monster. I didn't hate this episode, I actually liked it a lot, but I hated a whole subplot, and it is exactly what you feared was going to happen. And we were talking on Discord, and I was like, let's just have a really quick conversation to say these things, because I'm not seeing this discussion elsewhere in fandom. Uh, This uh, whole thing with Yvette was pretty ableist. Yeah, thanks, I hate it. Yeah. I want to start with that I did not get up first thing in the morning and watched Dr. Picard. I waited until after work. Mm-hmm. And so I was mostly off Twitter groups and everything, but I did notice one comment um, in a group before I saw the episode that was a, if you had a parent that struggled with mental illness, this episode may be a little difficult to watch. Oh. And I think that was very kind of them to put out into the ether, you know, to the hashtag. It was like, if you're looking into Star Trek Picard, by the way, this is something that might concern you. Mm. And I sighed deeply (laughs) (laughs) because as we've said in at least two previous episodes, I was very concerned about the Yvette Picard plotline. And it was pretty much what I was fearing that the big twist was she wasn't abused. (laughs) She was crazy. And I don't like that. No. And I, and so when I read that comment again, from the very nice Star Trek fan who was trying to help out their peers, uh, I took it personally Mm -hmm. because I was like, so what if you are the parent with a mental illness. That's that's what I was going to say. My parents' mental illness was deeply traumatic for me personally is such a common and ableist trope, and it particularly turns up a lot in kids' fiction and YA fiction, but it's bad everywhere, and I hate it. I hate it a lot. <laughs> I also really, really, really strongly, horribly hate the idea of... If I took medication, if I got therapy, if I did something to help the symptoms of my mental illness, Mm. it would steal my artistic integrity. Yeah. Which is a, it's like a genre of fiction Mm. that we've sort of finally turned the corner that we're pushing back against it. And no one told the Picard writers this. <laughs> the, the doomed artist who is too sad uh, to have a, a good life mm. but creates amazing art because of it is a storyline that isn't based in reality. You know, there's no evidence that, uh, let's say, Sylvia Plath. Yeah. If Sylvia Plath had gotten help imagine what she could have written then like why is this idea that 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 her creativity would be removed along with her mental illness or van gogh you know his greatest works were created when he was in or just out of uh, i don't want to say therapy but the medical systems of the time were as good as they could be for him and how much better would they be by the 2300s this idea 
At first I was like, surely by the 24th century we've knocked bipolar disorder on the head. And it really bugged me that they won't actually come out and say, oh yes, my mother had bipolar disorder. But I was like, okay, well, she won't consent and you can't treat an unconsenting patient. It's like Rafi and her addictions. But the notion of the tortured artist and the manic pixie dream mum and all of that was just so cliche and these are tropes that harm actual people in the actual world so i hate it right you can think of me i can be the person i will i am willing to <laughs> go i wrote a essay uh i think it was in 2016 mm-hmm. for mental health awareness day about my own personal struggle with depression and medications and the, the purpose of that essay, which we can link, the tagline was depression is the Borg and my name is also Annika. <laughs> and the premise was the medication worked and yeah. I got better. And then I got off medication. Right. And, and, and now I'm healthy, you know, 20 years later. So I think we need more of those stories. Agreed. It's like for some reason being on medication is still a like a, a mark against you right that, that right. you need that you need help in some way and in reality those medications exist in order to give us that help so that we can live you know the best life we can right i take me- i take medication for my anxiety disorder and i do not have personal experience with bipolar disorder but i have several friends who have it and they are so much happier and more creative when their medication is properly balanced and working and the hardest thing is getting to that correct balance and finding something that will you know that can be maintained so i just think this is not just a cliche and a stereotype but it's actively harmful and I really dislike it and I also dislike the sort of bait and switch with the domestic violence where it's aha you thought Picard's father was abusive but he's a good guy that's the first like I just yeah no no never like a domestic violence shouldn't have a twist no can I just put that out into the world this is my suggestion. If you're going to write a story that involves domestic violence, do not include a twist. No. <laughs> certainly do not include a twist that makes the person who was cast as the abuser the sympathetic victim. <laughs> God. Oh, God. No shade to James Callis. I think he did an amazing job. I really enjoyed his performance. I think there is still room in this story for... Maurice Picard to become the verbally abusive man we see in the next generation. Like, the domestic violence plotline didn't come out of nowhere. This is not a man who was a good father to Jean-Luc. I also don't think he was a good father to Robert. And frankly, the way Robert acts around his wife, his wife having access to modern technology, part of me wonders if Yvette was even allowed to seek proper medical care and that's purely speculation on my part but I'm so angry about the bait and switch and right 
the redemption of Maurice just flies in the face of everything we know about Picard's childhood. And there's two more episodes, and we know that, I mean, it's pretty much textual that there is more to this story. Mm -hmm. There's another twist coming, everybody. Get excited. Oh, I'm pretty sure we're going to learn that little Jean-Luc let his mother out and she killed herself. So, uh, trigger warning for upcoming suicide, I suspect. So, if you're going to tell this story, you have to do it with sensitivity and from people who are on all sides of it right. involved in the crafting of it. If you have not gone through this, ask really good questions. Don't just right. wing it. Don't, don't do Google research. Right. Like when they were crafting the Grey and Adira plotline, the Discovery writers had people from GLAAD in the room and they took advice from Blue Del Barrio and Ian Alexander and I wish to God that the Picard writers had put an ounce as much effort into this depiction of mental health and family dysfunction. The other thing, and like I guess we can wrap up after this, but don't think I haven't noticed that suddenly Picard Crusher has become very, very Freudian. Seriously. The long red curls. Oh god, the colour of the oh, sun. Yeah. It harks back to my least favourite Next Generation movie, Generations, mm. and yes, I know Nemesis is worse, however, <laughs> Generations is really bad, guys. And the use of a Victorian redhead. Who bears a passing resemblance to Gates McFadden, yes. I am genuinely wondering if I would have hated this less if Gates McFadden had played Talon. Nothing can save the Yvette storyline, but it would definitely feel... You know how the pro like everyone's complained about the Mary Sue is that she comes into the story and she takes over and she sidelines the existing characters? You know I mm -hmm. am in general a big defender of the Mary Sue, but Talon, not Laris, is starting to feel like a Mary Sue. Right, because she's not Laris. She's, she's not a, Laris. a character made up to do this one thing, and mm. there's no basis for it. There's no reason for her to have this. They even they were doing that thing again where they're like, "Well, we're really bonded now," and it's mm. like, "No, no, you're not." I don't think trauma bonding counts. <laughs> that is that it was not bonding. No. <sighs> And the thing is that neither Talon nor Yvette feel like people in their own right. I don't right. have any sense of them existing outside of Jean-Luc Picard. And that's particularly a problem with Yvette, where she represents so much more in terms of this is their big mental health story. And I, I yeah, I'm really mad and disappointed. And I hope this leads to a big discussion in fandom about how star trek is treating mental illness because i know a lot of people were complaining that discovery was constantly stopping to talk about feelings but at least they were attempting to do so in an honest and meaningful way driven by our experiences of the pandemic and picard just feels like it's doing it in a really sensationalist way yes yeah in a very trite way that mm. it does not give any of the weight to the reality 
and is just telling this story. Like, right. Like there, it's a character study of Picard, and I get that, but that doesn't mean that Picard's the only person that matters. No, and the audience is not made up of Jean-Luc Picard's. The audience right. is made up of Renee's and Yvette's and Raffi's and we are a part of this story too and I don't like the part we're playing. Right, exactly. Yeah. Thank you for listening to our rant. You can find our show notes and credits at antimatterpod.com. Our next scheduled episode will be out on April 26 or 27, depending on your time zone, and we'll be discussing this episode in more depth and also the next Star Trek Picard episode, which hopefully won't leave such a bad taste in our mouths, but we can also talk about the really important things like how Teresa is both Rain Robertson and Gillian Taylor. 